0: New Zealand set an ambitious new target for its trade relationship with China, but this Radio New Zealand Insight asks, is this achievable given the fallout from last year's Fonterra botulism botch-up? China is now New Zealand's top export market, with the trade worth $10 billion a year. Equally, China is New Zealand's biggest source for imports at just over $8 billion. The Prime Minister, John Key, and China's President Xi Jinping have announced they're lifting the bar on two-way trade between New Zealand and China to $30 billion by 2020. John Key says that's eminently achievable.
1: But as uh, President Xi said when we were having the discussion, that just means that uh, China's got to drink a lot more milk and they're up for that.
0: But a marketing academic, Hong Gao says New Zealand has a major task in repairing its reputation in China after dairy giant Fonterra's false botulism scare.
1: Chinese competitors are, are you know, of course, taking, taking advantage of this opportunity. They were saying, you know, that the Chinese consumers, you have, been, you have been fooled.
0: I'm Demelza Leslie, and after travelling to Beijing, this insight considers the effects of the botulism scare on the ground in China and whether the Prime Minister's optimistic goals for trade are realistic. 1.3 billion people live here in China, and although it's still a developing nation with significant poverty, it's now the world's second largest economy. Its expanding middle class has an insatiable appetite for protein, and its domestic production cannot keep up. In 2013, almost half of New Zealand's milk powder exports were sold here, and it's also the biggest buyer of New Zealand lamb. Two-way trade between New Zealand and China last year stood at $18.2 billion. That was up more than 25% on 2012. But a shadow was cast over that trade when news of Fonterra's botulism scare broke, in August last year, the dairy giant sparked a worldwide recall of dairy products after it was suspected that thirty eight tons of whey powder protein from its Hotapu plant in Waikato had become contaminated with botulism causing bacteria. The scare provoked headlines such as these: "Children who consume the spores of botulism bacteria can die. It was scary, especially for one child China. Later, tests showed that the products were safe but the damage had already been done to New Zealand's food safety reputation. The New Zealand government reacted quickly, spreading out ministers across Asia in the immediate aftermath to reassure the market. The Prime Minister announced he too would go on a damage control mission.
2: Nice to meet you. Welcome to China.
0: The visit last month was John Key's fourth meeting with the country's leaders in less than a year – Mr Key says the Chinese government now accepts Fonterra's contamination scare wasn't a case of botulism.
1: But they also accept that uh, we did absolutely the right thing both informing them and trying to ensure that we have the world's best practice when it comes to food safety standards which is an issue that is um, of paramount concern to them.
0: John Key says at a political level the Chinese understand that it was just a scare and it has been appropriately handled. But the same cannot be said for consumers there, so John Key arranged several media interviews.
1: Uh, there was an issue with our dairy company that had some implications in the Chinese market.
0: His message was simple, that New Zealand's food products are safe, and he stressed how important it was to keep on emphasising that message.
1: For us to just continue to give them that reassurance and confidence that our products are uh, world class, their standards are good, that they're robust, that, um, everything we've looked at in relation to last year's issues have been squared away, that we are confident in our systems, um, but also that we take their concerns very, very seriously and we act in a transparent way.
0: A Massa University study released last month based on a survey of 531 people in the city of Lanzhou found Chinese consumers viewed New Zealand milk products as less safe than those produced by the United States, Australia, and Europe. Just over 28% of respondents rated New Zealand's dairy products as not very safe. In China, 127 years, we have the heart of but Frontera's chair, John Wilson, says sales figures in that market indicate that Chinese consumers have not been put off from buying New Zealand milk.
3: For that first period, there was absolutely a lull. But we've seen our sales data exceeding all of our expectations. So, of course, there is a group of consumers out there that heard about the precautionary recall and probably haven't been able to join all of the dots. But largely we are seeing, and this is significantly largely, and you've got a. Significant confidence from our perspective when you see what our sales data is doing.
0: Do you think you're getting new customers as opposed to keeping the old ones?
3: <laughs> this is a huge market. So 1.3 billion consumers here in this marketplace, and so this is always about how you continue to build build in the marketplace, whether they're old or whether they're new.
0: Henry Acklin is a business editor with CNC World, a TV news channel run by the Chinese news agency Xinhua. He says more needs to be done to convince consumers and media there that Fonterra's and New Zealand's food safety systems have been upgraded and are the best in the world. But
2: the questions remain on the contamination source and why it took so long to disclose... The to company announced on Sunday that they had found a bacteria that can cause botulism, a rare but potentially fatal paralytic illness. Contaminated whey products had been sold to third parties that used them Mr Acklin
0: says the state media in China reported Fonterra's product recall widely.
1: What they haven't done is uh, say that uh, everything was okay, and a lot of the public here, um, some, actually not all, uh, some, uh, some still think there was problems. You could say it's been underreported because I certainly didn't read that much of it.
0: For Chinese regulators and the media, Fonterra's safety blunder was the perfect opportunity to try to steer consumers back to Chinese brands.
2: state run People's Daily immediately urged customs authorities to strictly check all milk imports, saying that well-known brands may not be the most reliable.
0: Chinese regulations now require all foreign milk powder producers that export to China to register with national authorities. I visited a baby store in downtown Beijing and spoke to a dozen mothers through an interpreter about their baby formula shopping habits. All the mothers told me they buy foreign product because they do not trust the safety of their local dairy industry following the 2008 melamine scandal. Cindy, whose daughter is two years old, says she used to buy formula sourced from New Zealand.
2: Mm. Well, she says she her top concern is that the source of the milk has to be safe and also the production process. But she used to buy the New Zealand product, but last year there was a news that was about something bad about New Zealand product, so now she st- sticks with the product from Holland.
0: Cindy says when she's done with her infant formula cans, she pokes holes in them so they can't be refilled by local scam artists. And I'm <laughs> C- 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 My name is C- C- Lee started feeding her young son milk formula when he was one. She buys product direct from Germany as she doesn't trust the local Chinese dairy industry either. Lee says she finds New Zealand infant formula too hard to source.
2: Safety is the most important thing for me and uh, I, I trust the Germany. I'm, I prefer German product because they are very. She believes in the German uh, production line in terms of procedures and the safety standards comparing to domestic.
0: Kwa Shijia started using infant formula for her baby girl not long after she was born. She was using product from New Zealand up until late last year. Now she has family and friends ship product from Germany.
2: So she said the baby's health, you can't gamble on that, you got to make sure. So she would rather have her friends bring over from overseas. Even the imported brands that are boxed uh, in China, she doesn't trust them. And it's convenient because she has friends overseas. She just have them ship from overseas to make sure it's safe.
0: A senior marketing lecturer at Victoria University's Contemporary China Research Centre in Wellington, Ji Gao, says when he was back in China last month, he was surprised at how little people knew about how the contamination scare played out.
1: And a lot of people knew, but they didn't know there was false alarm. Even though uh, we know it's a false alarm, but the Chinese, a lot of Chinese people do not know there's false alarm. So you could ask them, OK, uh, what is the consequence of that false alarm? They might say they still trust you know, imported brands, they still trust New Zealand brands because they just have that trust there. But they didn't really know it was a false alarm, so which already uh, says something, which means we haven't done enough um, public communication in China.
0: John Key says all New Zealand can do is continue to push the message in China that its products are safe.
1: My sense of it is, because that's the sense so far that we've had from the Premier, and I suspect it'll be the same with the President, but certainly the feedback that has given me, is that at a at a political level, they understand completely both the issues, what we've done, and they, they're comfortable with all the actions that we've taken. But as you and I know, it's one thing for, for the politicians to be comfortable, with the process is working well. We need to absolutely square that off with um, consumers now. Indications are that would be the case because our export volumes just can you know growing so rapidly here that that indicates that consumers are comfortable with what we're doing. But you know this is a market really sensitive to those issues for very good reason. If you go all the way back to the Sanlu issues back in 2008, that was widespread across a number of companies, and Chinese nationals died as a result of that. So consumers are very sensitive.
0: Trade and Enterprises Commissioner based in Shanghai, Mike Arund says there hasn't been any noticeable difference in New Zealand exports to China since the botulism scare. In February, exports to China rose 49% to $1.2 billion, compared with the same month a year ago. That was due to more sales of whole milk powder, logs and sheep meat. Overall, China accounted for 44% of all milk powder, butter and cheese exports in February. Mike Rand says initially the botulism scare did hurt some companies and that they faced questions about the safety of their products. But he says it was short-lived, with sales bouncing back.
4: I think it was wider than dairy. People looked at food and beverage at the time and asked questions. But in saying that, that's past now. People have moved on from that and they've realised that what we did was right. We were very transparent. Uh, we answered any of the questions that were asked at the time.
0: The Trade Minister, Tim Grosser, echoes his comments. The key to it, frankly,
5: is the open nature of New Zealand society and the fact that we didn't try and obfuscate the problem, that we we and Fonterra, although Fonterra clearly made mistakes, I mean, we are you know, holding them to account and they've admitted the charges, so mistakes have been made. Uh, but... You know, I think at the end of the day, when you're dealing with adults in whatever culture you're dealing with, people understand that people make mistakes, for God's sake. And it's really how you deal with them that is the test of what they think of you after the event.
0: An important sign that the Chinese government has accepted New Zealand's handling of the crisis is John Key's continued access to President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang, John Key says for a country of New Zealand's size, that can never be taken for granted and is important to expand trade ties in the future. When he first became Prime Minister in 2008, two-way trade with China was worth $9 billion annually. Mr Key says New Zealand has to sell a lot more goods to China to hit that $30 billion target.
1: You're talking about 1.35 billion people in China and 4.5 million in New Zealand. So the reality is it revolves us selling a lot of products to their people as opposed to New Zealand dramatically increasing the amount of products we buy from China. Uh, It's just the nature of the maths. Um, They are getting a lot wealthier, though. I mean, interestingly enough, they're getting quite close with the Chinese economy being a $10 trillion economy. Now, put it in perspective, it's an awful lot of noughts. but the United States is a $16 trillion economy.
0: The figure, as ambitious as it is, appears not to be the most important aspect of this drive to push up exports. The key point seems to be the willingness of the Chinese leadership to put their names to the trade expansion plans. They could have declined to support such a statement after the botulism false alarm. John Key says the biggest thing he's taken from his trip is that New Zealand's relationship with China is in good heart.
1: The Chinese president is very busy. He doesn't invite people to dinner um, for the good of his health. He does it because he believes this is a strong relationship that's worth investing in.
0: During the meeting, President Xi Jinping called for closer cooperation between the two countries in the agricultural and animal husbandry sectors. They also announced that the New Zealand dollar would be the sixth currency to be directly traded with the renminbi or yuan. But the Labour Party is sceptical about the outcome of John Key's visit to China and the promises made. Labour's primary industry spokesperson Damien O'Connor says the government's penny-pinching is putting trade at risk. He says the Ministry for Primary Industries lacks the funding it needs to do its job, overseeing food safety properly.
5: We've seen um, you know, major problems with meat and with dairy. Uh, the government said they put one or two more people there. I don't think they've yet to commit the true resources to match the growing level of trade in that area. While there are recommendations from the independent reports, the government said it's implementing those. We've yet to see the results of that. And meanwhile, the trade continues to escalate, uh, and there's a risk that we may have these problems uh, reoccurring.
0: How big is that gap in resourcing?
5: Well, I think at MPI, at the moment, all the information I'm getting is that they are in chaos. They've got a huge range of responsibilities from biosecurity, food safety, right through to forestry and fishing. A lot of people there are disgruntled. There's a realignment going on within MPI. That chaos puts all our export trade at risk.
0: But Fonterra's Greater China and India President, Calvin Wickham, says systems have been improved and everyone is moving on from the scare.
3: We've worked hard to restore that confidence and we've worked hard with um, consumers, reaching out to them, getting them to ask their questions if they're concerned about noise or st- stories they've heard. The evidence of the fact that we've moved on beyond that is the fact that you know normal trade is, is moving forward. Um, You've seen sales increase in China right across the board um, and we're well, well ahead of a year ago. So that's a sort of physical, hard evidence. On the softer side, I suppose, we still need to keep investing and working with government regulators and with our consumers. So it was very pleasing to see the Prime Minister and the delegation up here to help as part of that process of of moving forward.
0: The infant formula exporters association chair, Michael Barnett, says the irony of last year's botulism scare was that it wasn't too bad for Fonterra.
5: You know, they're big enough and ugly enough to be able to manage it themselves. But for all of the small guys, and these are the guys that I see as the innovators and the creators, the entrepreneurs around products like infant milk formula, it was damaging to them. They were losing a million bucks a week, week after week, and even today, getting pulled through on the shelves in the shops in China is difficult. And we need to to earn it back, and it's going to be a big challenge for us.
0: Mr Barnett says the effect of having the Prime Minister's face on the front page of the China Daily during his trip there was massive.
5: To me, it says a whole lot of stuff to the people of China. That's the message we needed to get out there, and somehow it's out there.
0: The chief executive of Westland Milk Products, Rod Quinn, says the Fonterra scare created uncertainty in the Chinese market.
5: We do over $100 million worth of business in China. Um, we saw uh, hold-ups in some of our uh, imports. Um, we moved through that. But but just generally now, I think there's uncertainty around what the regulations will be, and so there is some concern that we have around are we going to end up having extra costs in our supply chain? Um, will Chinese consumers uh, actually hear the message that New Zealand products are safe?
0: The French food company Danone, which had to recall some of its Dumex and Caricare infant formula products, has stopped buying ingredients from Fonterra. It's suing the cooperative for a loss in sales. But Fonterra's Calvin Wickham says there's no evidence to suggest there are any difficulties in selling dairy products in China.
3: The growth in our core ingredient sales, which is well up on prior year, there's still a demand for New Zealand ingredients. And if we look at um, our food service and our consumer business, so our own brand consumer business, which heavily relies on New Zealand origin going very well and in fact we've launched new products in the last nine months um, which rely on New Zealand supply chain, the integrity, the quality that stands behind it and they've gone very successfully.
0: Those new products include an infant formula. Mr Wickham says and Mum Follow-On for Babies was piloted six months ago, less than two months after the botulism scare prior to the launch, Fonterra did not have a presence in China's branded infant formula market.
3: This has been launched in China in the pilot phase uh, six months back. Um, we use that brand also in Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, and we launched in Hong Kong um, just recently as well.
0: How's that going?
3: Um, yeah, good. I mean, Hong- it's early days did in you China. Did launch
0: that after the...
3: Yes, we we launched um, uh, around November in um, Hong Kong, so it's very early days um, to get a track record, and we launched October for um, China, so again, very much early days, pilot learning. And the model for us is to pilot, learn, adapt, before we push and roll out at scale.
0: The government says new products like that will be needed to meet the new trade target. Trade and Enterprises' Mike Arendt says the new $30 billion two-way trade target is achievable if New Zealand business makes some changes in what it's doing.
4: Looking more at the food and beverage side is we need to start thinking about what else can we sell or how can we get more value out of what we're selling. And a lot of people talk about you've got to do more high-value goods. What I'm hoping is this this target now will get that debate going and say what does that really mean? How do we really create more value out of what we're doing?
0: The Trade Minister, Tim Grosser, is openly critical of how ignorant some New Zealand companies and agencies are about China.
5: Not in a sort of harsh way, but look, this is so different to the environment that New New Zealanders like me have been brought up in, which was dominated by the Anglo-Saxon world, and that provided a great living, but this is completely different. And they need... Even more than the language, they need to develop experience in dealing with a very different business and political culture.
0: To help businesses trade in China, the government is boosting its presence there. A new $40 million embassy will be built in Beijing. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade will set up seven new positions. And the Ministry for Primary Industries will add a further nine people to its China office. John Key says New Zealand is investing in projects on the ground in China to gain further traction.
1: We are going to be investing in excess of $40 million on our uh, new embassy, our new facility, on more people, uh, on upgrading um, all aspects of what we're doing here in China because our view as a government is that we're only a very small way along this journey with China in terms of the significance to the New Zealand market. It doesn't mean that we don't care enormously about other markets, we do. But this is a consumer base that, as every day goes by, is getting wealthier. It's branching out and expanding the areas that it wants to buy products and services from New Zealand. And if we really, truly want to transform New Zealand to becoming a much wealthier country, we just simply have to sell to the world more than we buy from it.
0: Fonterra itself has quite lofty growth plans for China to help New Zealand reach that 2020 trade target. That includes a sharp increase in sales – and investing in more farms there to increase milk supply to 1 billion litres a year. Kelvin Wickham says Fonterra currently has five farms based in the Shangxi and Hebei provinces, milking 3,500 dairy cows each.
3: We'd like to see, um, over time, a half to two-thirds of that milk from farms going to our own business, food service and consumer, and a third going to our key customers and partners. At the moment, it's all going to our key customers and partners.
0: The Chief Executive of the Small Waikato Dairy Cooperative Tatua, Paul McGilvery, says long-term relationships with China are in good heart.
4: Five years ago was 2% of our sales, now uh, now getting up towards 20. And so, uh, so you know, becoming a very significant market for us.
0: Where do you see the future going with regards to China?
4: Uh, I think China, well, you just look around you. I mean, China's a miracle in our own lifetime. Uh, and I think it's getting more sophisticated, more sophisticated consumers. And, uh, you know, we see it developing like much of the West. And, and there'll be a big market for our very specialised type products.
0: The Chinese ambassador Wang Lutong told me over a cup of jasmine tea at the Chinese embassy in Wellington that more effort will be made to strengthen understanding between both countries about each other's food safety systems and regulations.
2: I understand you have a very new system, very new uh, your own department, and that's why, I mean, last year we encouraged a lot of Chinese, their Chinese counterparts, to come to New Zealand to have dialogues wisdom to understand your systems and to meet your new people mm-hmm. responsible and so that boils down to the same issue of people to people exchange. I, I think we should do more about that.
0: But he says food safety is not just a China New Zealand issue. He says it's a global one. Wang Lutong says there's a big momentum in the New Zealand China relationship.
2: It's always been important to maintain this Uh, momentum, exchange of government officials, and uh, we should have more and more exchange, not only uh, of personnel, but also about our management, our skills on risk management and on food security.
0: But there are questions over whether New Zealand is becoming too reliant on China. The Trade Minister, Tim Grosser, says if China's economy slowed down, the effect in New Zealand would be magnified. He says a lot of the product being exported to China is being directed away from other markets, as the Chinese outbid them.
5: If China caught a cold, we will go back into those markets. It would mean accepting lower prices. So, you know, I think that there there is risk associated with this. But the right way to manage this is not to back off and think, oh, well, you know, let's not try and sell China more. No, no, we'll try and sell to China as much as we possibly can, as remunerative prices as possible to create jobs and opportunities for New Zealanders. But we've got to keep the boats moving out to other markets and uh, to spread our risk.
0: John Key admits there is a genuine risk that New Zealand will get too close to China.
1: We don't want all of our eggs in the Chinese basket. And that's one of the reasons why the government actually has to work to promote other areas, whether it's within Asia, Europe, and to a certain degree the United States. That's why we continue hard with free trade agreements like the Trans-Pacific Partnership or the FTA with Korea or work in Latin America. But I think on the other side of the coin, the other option would be to turn our back on this emerging opportunity and say, well, we'll leave that to others. And I I don't think that's really very sensible.
0: But trade and enterprises Mike Arendt says any slow down in trade would need to be put into perspective.
4: We're looking at maybe 7.5% growth as opposed to the last decade, which was 10%. But I think what people forget is that last decade started at a GDP of 1 trillion. So it's 10% based on 1 trillion. We've now got a situation where the GDP is around 10 trillion, and you're talking about it growing 7.5% for the next decade potentially. So there's still a lot of room for growth in China, and I think for where we're at, We don't see any problems in the future of being able to capture and get some of that growth.
0: While some are still worried about the huge trade focus on China, Mike Aron says China receives about 20% of New Zealand's total exports, so there is room to grow without the country risking putting all of its eggs in one basket. I'm Demelza Leslie, and that's Insight for this week. If you would like to contact us, you can send us an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or tweet us at rnz I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philip Tolley with technical production by Jeremy Veal.